Switch to Sprint Unlimited Basic, featuring TV from Hulu and 500 megabytes of mobile hotspot. Plus, for a limited time, get five lines for only $120 per month. Hurry to a Sprint store or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Offer ends 8-16-18 after 1-31-2020. Pay $32 per month per line for five lines without a pay. One Hulu limited commercial plan for eligible Sprint account. MHS reduced to 3G speeds after 500 megabytes per month. Coverage and offer not available everywhere. Excludes taxes, fees, and roaming. Requires new lines. Subject to credit and three activation fee. Video streams up to 480p. Speed maximums. Use rules and restrictions apply. Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ryan Tannehill, quarterback for the Miami Dolphins, and I represent the Finsider with the PH. Hey guys, Kevin coming to you with our weekly Finsider podcast. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, you can always call in at 347-326-9461. You also have the live thread on the Finsider itself at thefinsider.com. That's T-H-E-P-H-I-N-S-I-D-E-R.com. And uh, you can also tweet to me. I am at the Finsider. And if you use the hashtag Finsider, it'll make it a little easier for me to find. So lots of ways for you guys to get involved in the show. Let us know what you want to talk about. Uh, we uh, will happily take your questions, take your calls, whatever you want to do. Uh, I'm flying solo right now. James, my producer, is unfortunately not going to be able to make it in tonight. And the Duke is running late. So for a little while at least, I'm here by myself. Um, so if you guys have anything you want to talk about, bring it up now and I'll happily do it. Uh, one thing that I'm going to talk about until we get some questions or some, uh, guests into the show, watching the thread lately, there's a lot of talk about Daniel Thomas and obviously he's been put on injured reserve, but there's the discussion about how he's a bust, how he's a wasted Jeff Ireland pick, how he's horrible, that he doesn't do anything for us, that he goes up with two yards and a cloud of dust, and that's all you get out of him. And I just don't see that. I see a running back who, at least since he got the new um, helmet, he's a running back that is giving good hard yardage He's going in there hard, and he's hitting the hole hard. But he's not going to be a speed back that's going to bust an 80-yard run. He's a power back who's going to get you a few yards, and that's what his role is. Now, I know there are some people, and there's a thread that we're discussing this, uh, that there's a lot of, well, you could have gotten that same exact thing after a later pick, or you could have gotten it as an undrafted free agent. And that may be true, but at the same time, Daniel Thomas, although he came out with injury concerns, came out in the draft as somebody that was going to be drafted in the second round. He was a second-round talent. So the Dolphins took him where they had to take him. They wanted a power back. They wanted a guy that fit Tony Sperano's offense, and that's what – Daniel Thomas was supposed to be. Now we're not running Tony Sperano's offense. So there's a little bit of a, yeah, he doesn't quite fit this scheme right now, but I don't think he's a bust, and I don't think he's a wasted pick. I think that under Tony Sperano, he would have had a good role, and I think he serves a purpose with Reggie Bush being that scat-back type that's going to be able to bust one, but 
isn't going to get those tough yards up the middle every single time. Daniel Thomas is averaging 3.6 yards per carry this year. That makes him 37th or 35th in the league, one of the two, which given that he's not a primary back, that's pretty good still. He's got four touchdowns on the year, which makes him 24th, I think is what it was, in the league. So he's doing what we need. Now, unfortunately, he's on IR, which means the team's going to be looking for something else. I don't know where they're going to find it because Lamar Miller theoretically could provide that, but he's more like Bush than he is like Thomas. He has the size like Thomas, but he runs like Bush. So I don't know if they're going to have that. Uh, go ahead and welcome the Duke in. Chris, how are you tonight? I'm good. So uh, I, I've had you on the air for a little while, even though uh, I hadn't welcomed you in. I know you heard most of my discussion there about uh, – oh, our timer was being weird. Sorry. Most of our my little rant there about uh, Daniel Thomas. What are your thoughts on Thomas? Well, you know, I was, I was thinking about that a little bit today when I saw that he went on IR, and uh, a couple things. One that I, one thing I thought of is, and I actually tried to post this on the Daily Dolphin. Uh, for some reason, all the comments were busted or something. I don't know, but the one one area that we're going to really miss him in is pass protection. That was yep. his that was his role. Um, so whenever you saw him in. You know, they could. You know, he was there. He could run the ball, of course, but they used him uh, as the guy in pass protection, the back to protect um, Lamar Miller and Reggie Bush. Uh, just aren't very good at that. And so, although I think Miller, I think Miller is more of a complete back than Bush or Thomas. He's got size and speed, right. but I just don't think he's there yet in terms of just knowing the scheme. I think another year. You know he'll he'll fit that into it well, but that's where we're going to miss Thomas at. And secondly, secondly, you know a lot of people talk about well his low yards per carry, but you got to understand he became the short yardage back. Yep. And so this is not like they're using him on first and ten all the time, and he's gaining three yards. A lot of times they're bringing him in. All four of his touchdowns were scored, I believe, from six yards or less. Right. Uh, I think three of them were from three yards or less. So that's going to lower your average. And a lot of times when they needed, you know, it was second and two, third and two, those type of those type of runs. That's what he used, was used for. And in those type of situations, you know, teams are just trying to get that two yard. Defenses are trying to stop that two yard. So, you know, that's going to lower his average when he's used in a situation like that. Um, I, you know, I don't think it was going to be something super high, but if he was used as a primary back, he might, you know, have a little bit higher yards per carry average. So I think that those two things kind of lower lower his average a little bit. Um, they do. And, and that's so that makes his numbers um, look a little look bad. But. I, think, uh, I think that's a big part of it is, yeah, we're using Reggie Bush in the first down, get a lot of yardage, make it a short third down, and then Thomas is going in there on that short yardage to pick up those one, two, three yards move the chains, and give the ball back to Bush. Um, I think the other piece is that – I'm trying to f- figure out how to phrase it. I, I think that Thomas like, – like you said, Thomas gives us the pass protection, but 
he's also I think they're also giving him more of the fake the pass run the ball runs than they are Bush, the backwards play action, basically. The draw play. Uh, I think that's Interesting. What's that? Um, for some reason, Keith just messaged me and said that the show is not showing up as the Bills Week show. It's still doing the Jaguars Week. So you can't oh get the audio for the show on the thread right now. So that kind of messes up having a live show, doesn't it? Interesting. Oh, yeah. Let me see if I can fix that real quick. But, um... Meanwhile, back to branch. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll keep talking about Thomas because we're going until it shows up. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, they use a lot there. They've been using a lot in in, in passing plays. Um, and, you know, I, I think a lot of people... They're still kind of down on him because, you know, we traded up to get him. If we had stayed put or we had a regular second-round pick and got him, I don't think it would be as bad. But we traded up to get him, and so, you know, it kind of looks like that we wasted picks in order to, to get a guy who's not being as productive as we think. But, you know, a lot and something else that needs to be noted is that you know, they noted on the game Sunday that Reggie Bush, the first two games, averaged like 121 yards a game. After that, he was averaging 50 yards a game. So it's not like that, wow, our running game was just awesome, and here's Thomas holding, you know, being the anchor, holding it down. You know, our, our entire run offense was, was bad, from, from Miller to Bush to, to Thomas all the way around. And I think that's more, you know, the offensive line wasn't getting enough push but so you can't blame all of that on Thomas. And you know, you look at the game this past week. I mean, you look at Bush's carries. He's at what had over four yards of carry, close to five yards of carry. Um, and but all of that, most of that, half of it came on one run. And for the most part, he was getting stuff at the line. He was having a, I think he had, he had 21 carries for 103 yards, 105 yards, or something like that, 104 maybe. And 53 of that was on one run. So that's, you know, 50 yards on 20 Dude, carries. That's, I'm sorry? Hello? Okay, so apparently the whole system just went haywire, and I don't know how much of silence you guys had. Sorry about that. I got kicked out, and it looks like Chris got kicked out too, so 
I don't know uh, how to fix what's happening right now. Um, I'm trying to figure out why the show's not showing up on the live thread. I I don't know. I I re I put the uh, widget back in there, and apparently it's still not doing anything. And if you hit play, it's playing last week's show. So I don't know why the thread isn't updating to this week's show. It should be, but unfortunately, for some reason, apparently it's not. Um, now I don't see anything. So, well, we're having a great show tonight, aren't we? Hopefully, if you guys are listening to this on iTunes, you're just going to laugh. Because I don't know what's happening. Yeah. Jaguars week, 49ers week. Um, thing I can say is, if you click on my name, it'll take you to the show on Blog Talk Radio. If you click on my name on the um, Blog Talk Radio widget, click on my name on the widget for the stream, and it will take you to the... Blog Talk Radio site where you can get the show there. I I wish I knew why. Um I wish I knew why it just kicked Chris out. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes we seem to have a uh, we seem to have a number of technical difficulties at times, especially when James isn't around. I blame it on James. For some reason, I don't know why. I blame it on James. He's not here tonight, so maybe he won't listen to the show, and then uh, I won't have to feel bad about saying that. But okay. So since uh, I think we've pretty much talked out um, Daniel Thomas, the other piece is Charles Clay also went on injured reserve this week. So I actually think losing Clay is a bigger setback for the Dolphins than losing Thomas, even though Thomas plays more of the game. Uh, Reggie Bush will get more carries with Thomas out. He seems to excel when he gets more touches. So if you give Bush more touches than with uh Tom, with Thomas out, you there probably see a better production from Bush. Now with Clay Hey, Chris, you there? Yes. 
I don't know what kind of technical issues we're having. It kicked you and me both off. It let me back in. Now you're back in, and now my headset is actually going crazy and cutting my mic in and out. So I don't know what. Yeah, I keep hearing like fuzzy stuff. Like uh, I just hear, um, I hear some things you're saying, and then it's kind of staticky, and then it disappears. Yeah. I don't know what it's doing. My headset's gone crazy. Um, I may try something else here in just a second. I may just try putting a microphone onto my and using the speakers. I hope it doesn't echo too badly. But uh, I was going to talk about um, Charles Clay and him being on IR. I think it's probably a bigger loss than Thomas because Bush will make up the carries for Thomas. Um. I think that losing Clay, after Fasano, there's not really a receiving tight end out there. And I know Fasano's not the stretch-the-seam type of receiving tight end, but he can go out there and get you that possession-type catch. Losing Clay, you lose that, which brings us to, will we finally see Agnew activated? And I think this is probably the week it has to happen if it's going to happen this year. With Clay gone... Obviously, they need somebody else to play tight end, and Agnew's had all season to learn the plays, learn the playbook. He's not one of these new guys that just recently got signed, so I logically, I think it has to be Agnew, but I don't know. Maybe he's just not going to be ready at all this year. Yeah. I mean, if Agnew doesn't see the field this week, if he's inactive this week, then... Uh... That's my opinion. That's kind of a bad sign, and I don't know what his problem is. I don't know if it's. I don't want to say that he's. It's the speed of the game. I think it's just that he's not. He's not being. He's not used to the, the NFL tight end position at Missouri. He was lined up out wide as a wide receiver a lot. I think here, you know, he's struggling to learn how to play in line, learn how to block. Uh. And things of that nature. So I think that might be what it is. But in this case, you know, you're down a guy. You need some help. And, you know, if they bring in that other guy, Kyle Miller or whatever his name is, and they bring him in and not Agnew, you know, a guy that you brought in midway through the season is starting or is active over a guy that you drafted, you have something wrong there. Uh, I was in the middle of trying to change microphones, and apparently the other one doesn't want to work either. So apparently my computer just hates me today, and we're really going to have technical difficulties throughout this. While uh, while you were gone, so you I should rename your you should rename your uh, computer Mark Sanchez. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, but it doesn't fumble snaps. Um, well, but it does let you down at the worst possible time. It does. While you were gone, I was saying uh, I fully. I fully blame James this week because he's not here and he's the producer of the show. So I blame him. It's he's sitting a... back somewhere wringing his hands saying, now you know what I'm worth. You see what it's like without me. Yeah. <clears throat> but I wish I knew why the funny little widget isn't updating. And unfortunately, as people, if people do kick over to the show on uh, 
on Blog Talk Radio, um, they can't comment there, so I don't see the uh, – although, hold on. I I think I may be able to open up the chat room. See the chat room is loading. Okay, so the chat room is loaded. Now, how do you open the chat room on the site or on Blog Talk Radio? It's weird because if you hit open a new window on Blog Talk Radio, it pulls up just fine as um, as this show, not the Jaguar show. But for some reason on our site, as my headset goes crazy again, it doesn't want to work. So, I don't get it. And I have somebody in the chat room. Is that you? Did you join the chat room? That's I have weird. not joined anything. That's weird. It came up as my name twice. I don't know why. But I have somebody in the chat room with me. So hello, person in the chat room, whoever you are. Hopefully you're listening to the show. Not that I know how you opened the chat room. How did you open the chat room? This must be outside. Standing entertainment listening to us today. <laughs> well, oh, hey, so that, the chat room is at, the chat room is at the bottom under the uh, thread. Got it. On Blog Talk Radio, if you're listening to us and you're on Blog Talk Radio, scroll down the page and look at that. There's a chat room right there. So I can see it in the studio software, and if you want to take part in the show, chat with us down there. And uh, we can take your questions that way. So, and please ask questions, because, uh, yeah, otherwise the show gets kind of boring, especially when my headset starts going crazy. Like right there. So, yeah, what I want to, uh, I think what needs to be talked about a little bit was, we went into a game, I don't care who you're playing, it's the NFL. We went into a game with, with our with one starting receiver who has any real, uh, you know, credibility in terms of production and and experience, that's Brian Hartline. We went into a game with Brian Hartline, Marlon Moore, Ricky Richard Matthews, and a guy we picked up three days earlier, Armand Ben. Brian Tannehill went 22 of 28 for 220 yards and two touchdowns, and it could have been five touchdowns. Um I think that's spectacular, and I, you know, I put down in the in the on the site today or yesterday on the um, who who should get the game ball, and Tannehill was the one I picked because of that. I was like, he did what you want a franchise quarterback to do. He elevated the play of those around him. He took what was given to him in terms of talent at receiver, and he produced with him, and. It makes you think, you know, if you'd given Sanchez those guys that he has produced, 
you know, what would have happened with a lesser quarterback in that situation. So I think he needs to be applauded for that. And hopefully that is a, a sign of him turning the turning the corner to becoming the franchise quarterback that the Dolphins need. Absolutely. I think I think yeah. I think the one of the biggest um oh apparently I'm my name. That's interesting. The in the chat room there's Kevin Nogle and then there's Kevin Nogle three nine seven eight and for some reason I'm the Kevin Nogle three nine seven eight. That's kinda weird. I'm not my name. I'm my name with some numbers. But, okay, anyway, I think the uh, big stat from the game that I didn't realize watching the game until I went back and looked at the stats later, Brandon Fields only punted one time. That amazes me that we had a game where Fields only had to punt one time. And now, granted, one of those was a fumble, and the Jaguars took over. But still, I mean... That's not a Dolphins game. It's uh, at least not one we're used to. Right. It's somehow it's uh, it's like a Patriots game or something. Now, granted, we're not yeah. scoring fifty points, but and I'm glad you you mentioned the Patriots there because I remember thinking during that game during those drives, or maybe it was shortly after the game, I was thinking, man, those were very Patriot, Tom Brady-like, methodical, we're just going to do what we do, and you can't stop us, type drives. And Tannehill had two incomplete passes in the second half. Only two. The first hit Ryan Hartline in the chest, and Ryan Hartline dropped it. Would have been a touchdown. The second hit Marcus Thigpen, it would have dropped, would have been a touchdown. So the two incompletions would have been touchdowns. So he could have easily, and you know, that one incompletion he had in the first quarter to Rashard Matthews, if he had hit it a little bit better, led him a little bit. He, you know, Matthews is in for touchdown. So, but not even counting that one. Those other two, with the receivers dropped, that would have been four touchdowns. It was very methodical. Very, you know, I mean, yes, the Jaguars and they're two and eleven or whatever, two and twelve, but still. It was, it was one of those type of it was that type of performance where it's just like you know it's third and five or whatever and we take up six yards and then we run the ball and then drop a little dump off pass to somebody and it's just this, we're just moving the ball and they can't do anything about it and it was it was beautiful to watch and if it had not been for a couple of you know a couple of drops passes you know we wouldn't have to settle for field goals and so I think that kind of that kind of limited what how productive it could have been, but it very easily could have been, you know, add eight more points to the final score uh, because of those. And so it's it was very, um, I said, it's very fun to watch. Now, we're not, the offense still isn't explosive. We're not going to, you know, go down the field and score in three plays. But, you know, it was, it was one of those type of drives where we were in control, Tannehill was in control, and he owned it, and... The Dolphins knew it. The Jaguars knew it. And that was, to me, I enjoyed watching that. I don't know that we'll see that again this season, but it would be nice if we go into the Bills game this week and we run and we and we operate like that. We need to put the ball in the end zone more, um, but we we had the attempts, and it wasn't like you know it wasn't like these throws were bad. The throws were good throws on time, on target, and the receivers just dropped them. So. 
uh, we've got to convert those opportunities. And when we, if we can play like that on offense, even with what we have on offense, we can beat anybody. Yeah. Uh, Daytona Dolphin over in the live thread asked, with all the guys on IR, who do you think will be the standout player to step up this week against the Bills? Ooh. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I I don't think any – I think the one guy that I'm hoping is due for a breakout game is Rashard Matthews. Yeah. Um, he's doing all the right things. He's He's probably playing – He's probably thinking too much about it right now. He's probably going out on the field, just trying not to screw up too bad because it's probably you know moving a little fast for him right now. But once he gets up to, to where he can play comfortably, where he can, um, when he when he gets out there and he's not thinking what he's doing, he just instinctively does that. I think that guy's got a chance to have one of these ten catch, one hundred and thirty yard type games. Um, because he, you know, if you watched him some in college, and I didn't actually watch him in college, but I've seen some some footage of him in college. He's got the shiftiness. I mean, he's a punt returner. Uh, that one that they kept talking about when he was drafted, uh, when he played Boise State, and they ran a, a reverse around him uh, with him, right. and they had five guys in the backfield, and he just juked all five and uh, got a big gain or a touchdown out of it. So if he gets out in the open field and can do some of that stuff. Uh, I think we're going to be pleasantly surprised with him. I think he's got he's got the, the build and the speed to be a, um, a a good West Coast offense receiver. Um, and you know I think he needs some of that shooting and be a, a guy that can get some yak. So I'm hoping he has a breakout game. Um, if Best comes back, his, his touches of course are going to be limited. So if Best is still out, this is the game for Matthews to shine. Um, so I'm hoping it'll be him. I'd like to see Lamar Miller, but I, you know I think we've seen enough from him. That we kind of know kind of what he's going to bring. I mean, he's not really had a breakout game, but you know he's you know if he goes out and has a 200 yard game. It's not going to be like wow, I didn't see that coming, you know. So um, and uh, and the other probably obvious answer would be uh, Michael Hagney. So yeah. although. New. Knowing how Dolphins fans are, if Michael Agnew goes out and has like a three touchdown game, the response is not going to be, "Hey, this guy's not a bust." The response is going to be, "Why wasn't this guy playing earlier?" Yes. So yes, absolutely. Can't please, can't please us. Um, I think uh, I, I think you're you're right along the lines. I think those are all probably likely. Um, the one, the other one that I will add. Is I think Javorski Lane could see more playing time, and I think he could. They could start trying to put him out in the flat to get those passes that Charles Clay may have been getting, and hopefully that means that he starts running over some people again, like he did in uh, the play or in the playoffs in the preseason. Yeah. So I, I think I think Lane could be a guy that needs to step up and help out with Clay gone. Um, Looking at I, all the rumors keep swirling that Nolan Carroll is probably done for the year, but they obviously haven't put him on IR yet. So I, I don't know if he's going to be, but if he's out, R.J. Stanford has to step up. Um, 
Brian McCann has been he, he was he was decent last week. Uh I Jimmy Wilson could move back down to cornerback and try to replace Nolan Carroll, but I think it's going to be RJ Stanford. So he he's a guy that would have to step up if Carroll is out. But yeah, and I think that some of the fans need to, to realize too, because you know what's going to happen is you know we're going to if Carroll's out and McCann and Stanford see more playing time, that they are because they're not as good. They are going to probably get beat, uh, and it's probably going to come against the Patriots. And the fans, of course, are going to be uh, you know pounding the table saying that Ireland should have, you know, you know, if this is the best he could find. But at the same time, you know, there are very few teams out there that you can that you can roll four or five cornerbacks deep and those guys can start for you. I mean there's a reason these guys are fourth and fifth string guys. Yeah. Um so if if Carroll's out, we've already lost Marshall Wilson started out the season as a safety. He's had to move to the nickel corner spot. Right. So, uh, and we brought in Martin Patterson, and I think he, uh, from what I was reading today, they've played him more on the boundary than, um, or outside, I guess, as opposed to the nickel spot. So I think they'll kind of mix and match him in there. And he does have starting experience in the league, so that, that helps. But you're down to your fourth and fifth corners. I mean, these are guys that, you put on the team because they're good special teams players. You might throw them in a, in a dime package or a quarter package or some other kind of weird thing out there. But these aren't guys that you expect to see more than five snaps a game on defense. And now they're having to step up and be starters. So if they get beat by the likes of Welker and Brendan Lloyd or whoever, you know, we shouldn't be surprised at that. And I think fans get a little – I think fans sometimes get a little um, – I don't know. I can't think of the right word right now, but I think they get uh, they expect to be, you know, have all pros three deep on every, on the team. Yeah. Um, and, and I see a lot of that. You know, people say, "Oh, we need we need this player and this player and this player. We need to replace these positions." And they list eight positions. I remember somebody last year uh, after the draft said, "We need to replace." I think they had just about every position on the team needs to be replaced. And right. I was like. Dude, you're not going to have, you know, you're not going to have all pros at every single position, and you're not going to have all pro backups or all pro third string. Yeah. I mean, this idea that, I mean, people are saying, well, Rashad Jones, he's not that good of a safety, even though you know he's rated high by Pro Football Focus and all that stuff. So, well, he's not a game changing safety, but I'm like, you know, you don't necessarily need that to win. I would personally rather leave Rashad Jones alone, even Clemens alone. And get a couple, you know, get somebody over there along with Smith or even somebody better than Smith. Get a couple of good corners and let those guys run the field. Right now they're having right. to make up for guys like McCann and, and Stanford who are backups and having to start and they're having to cover for them. Um, and, that, you know, that hurts their production. So, you know, I just, I just hope the fans can realize that if we're down to these guys, you know, if we bring up DeAndre Presley again, I mean, he didn't play cornerback for the last two or three games of the season in college. Yep. Um, cause yep. I, was, I, I was there watching it when it happened. Uh, and, he, you know, he did an all right job at it. But here was a guy that played offense all through college, played wide receiver, played quarterback. And then the last year of his senior year, he switched over to cornerback. And now you're bringing him up 
in the professionals to go against the likes of Wes Welker or whoever else that you're playing against. So, I mean, what do you expect? And so, you know, I just hope the fans realize that well, we're starting these guys that, yeah, we're really hurting, and, yeah, we're going to upgrade the secondary this offseason. Um, but, you know, you've got to, you've got to play the hand you're dealt. Not how we've been dealt a, a lot of injuries in the secondary that, that's hurting our, our depth. So, um, and, you know, it's like I posted on that, of the, the Patterson post that you had, and we'll pick him up. I saw it on PFT. Some guy was, uh, he said, oh, this is another great Ireland find. And he he was putting the pick, putting the, that choice down. And I was like, to me, I didn't understand that kind of mentality. Um, I mean, if, if you went into free agency and Demetri Patterson was your big free agent pickup, then absolutely, I'd be getting on Ireland and like, what are you doing? This is horrible. But we had a guy go on our, and this, we picked this guy up on waivers in the middle of the season for depth. Who cares? I mean, it's not like this guy has some kind of long-term answer, and fans are just freaking out about it. Yeah, we so. get. I've seen it a lot lately, especially as we do late season free agent pickups and drop this guy and add that guy. That people are getting on Ireland for all this acorn hunting. But then again, when you look at it, those acorns are guys like R.J. Stanford and um, Kyle Miller or uh, Brian McCann. Got that. We're not expecting to be starters, but now we're having to get playing time. So, yeah, you continually turn that bottom of the roster to try to find guys that not necessarily are going to grow into all-pro, Hall of Fame caliber receivers or uh, players. You turn it so that you have somebody that can fill in when Sean Smith and – Nolan Carroll both get injured and suddenly R.J. Stanford is your number one cornerback or which this happened this past week. Devon Bess is out. Brian Hartline got injured and missed a few plays and suddenly Marlon Moore is our number one wide receiver. So it's not you're not looking at acorns as these have to be the greatest players known to man. You're looking at acorns as guys that we need for depth that we can stash away and hold on to for that rainy day. And that that's what it is, is. Ireland is the squirrel hiding away the acorns for the winter when they're needed. And that's exactly where we are now. We're in the winter, and those acorns are needed. Yeah, and I think that... I think it comes from the fans see the need at these positions. And they understand um, superficially that the position, you know, you're not going to find a great cornerback at this point in the season. You're just not. Uh, you know, nobody nobody in their right mind is going to say, you know what, I'm tired of Larry Fitzgerald. Let's just cut him right now. That's not happening. The guys that get released now are getting released for a reason. So when you're finding these guys at this point in the season, you know, that's all it is is just roster churning. But I think the fans, even though they know that, I think they get – they start viewing this as Ireland trying to do something to provide an answer at the position. And that's not what ha- that's not what's happening. He's just finding guys to fill holes on the roster because there's a hole on the roster that needs to be filled. Um, we need help in the secondary. We need as much depth as we can get. I mean, Carroll might be out. Wilson was hurt last week. Um, 
know, Sean got a foot stepped on. He was out for a couple of plays. I mean, we just need some more depth back there. So they're bringing in guys in the secondary. It's not like it's not, it's not like I'm saying, you know what? I'm going to sign this Demetri Patterson guy, and then I'm not even going, I'm not drafting the guy, and I'm not signing another corner. We're set at corner. No, he's not doing that. This is just a guy. But I think sometimes, and even with the fans, they know that. They they want to see an answer at that position, and when that guy comes in, they know it's not the answer, but they're upset that he's not the answer. And I don't know if I can really explain it any differently. It's just they want an answer, and that's that's what they got for right now, and they're just not happy with that. So, you know, and they're just not patient enough to wait until the off season. And I and and, and I'll, I'll even I'll even say you know there's a lot of these there's a lot of these guys that. That they have, they have a, a good beef with Ireland. They don't trust his draft selections. They don't trust his free agency. Um, and, and I can I can understand that. I'm not going to bash them for that. Um, because hey, you know, we don't know that he's going to go out and draft the absolutely wrong people this year. I thought he's had a personally. I think he's had a pretty good draft this last year, and the year before was pretty good. But but you know, don't quit worrying about these. You know, middle of the season acorns that come in to a hole in the roster. Just you know, just realize what it is and leave it alone. Don't don't start bashing Ireland just because you can. And this is you know, it, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. End of rant. Okay. Well, I had my rant last week about Ireland, so uh, <laughs> I think uh, I, th- I think we'll leave it alone. I did want to say one thing that what what gets me about the Ireland issue and whether or not we should fire Ireland, is the fact that it's like battle lines drawn. You're either on one side or you're on the other. And if you say one thing in support of him, you're the enemy. Or if you say one thing against him, you're the enemy. And I don't know why we've progressed to that point in as a fan base. I mean, we are extremely quick to turn on each other, and I don't know why. I don't know why we like to do that. And I guess it's frustration, but whatever it is, it, it makes it very painful to have a – or very hard to have a discussion about stuff anymore because it eventually turns into the you're a zombie, well, you're just a hater. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, and and I, I will say that there's a couple, there's a couple of people on the side that are, aren't fans of Ireland, and they will – they will argue very well uh, their points without getting into the, the name calling and right. the, the personal bashing type of thing. Yep. But, you know, and and I will say that about the insider that, you know, what I've seen, the majority of the, the people on the insider are very intelligent fans, uh, and you rarely see uh, you rarely see the idiots that you see on other. Post that when you go, you go read some of these other blogs and just look at what people say, and you're like, wow, it's you know, like Finsider is you know the Ivy League of Dolphins blogs. So, <laughs> um, and I, you know we're in good shape there. But uh, yeah, I mean, just it, it's to a point now that I am. If somebody goes off, start talking about Ireland, um, you know, and they're bringing up the same stuff over and over. It was kind of like the Chad Heaney stuff. Yep. I mean, at some point, every time you would talk about Chad Heaney, you were just regurgitating stuff that you had talked about three weeks earlier on another post. Right. And it got to the point, it's like, you know, how many more times do I got to say these particular things that I've been saying? 
and it was on both sides. So I think it's gotten that way with Ireland. And the only way that the only way that that's going to stop is, you know, the Dolphins have to win. If the Dolphins somehow backdoor their way into the playoffs this year and somehow get a good draw and pick, you know, a bad playoff team like like the Ravens, I think they're a terrible playoff team. Um, but I think they're a bad team. They just, I don't know. Anyway, I'm gonna get into that. But <laughs> let's say we go. Let's say we back go into the playoffs and we play the Ravens and we beat them. We win a playoff game with the guys that we have. People aren't going to stop bashing Allen, but they're going to say, "Hey, this guy's not quite as bad as we thought." Then let's say he goes into the draft and free agents and he picks up some good players. All of a sudden, people are like, "Wow, maybe this guy's not as bad as we thought." You know. So it just he just it's just going to have to wait. The Island system is going to have to wait until until the offseason, and it's probably more than likely going to have to wait until wait until Tannehill pans out. I mean, if Tannehill pans out and he becomes a franchise quarterback, and we win ten games a year, nobody's going to give a crap about Allen. You won't hear anybody else talk about it at all. If he becomes Chad Heaney two point oh, it's more banners and picketing. Since uh, to go ahead and drastically change the subject, and since I am kind of a big deal, and I have <laughs> many leather-bound books, and my home smells like mahogany, um, Judd Apatow put out that two or one year from tomorrow, Anchorman Two will be in theaters. So. Just for the record, tomorrow. one year from tomorrow. So, as long as the world doesn't end on Friday, we're one year out from Anchorman Two being in theaters. By the beard of Zeus, I'll have to go. Watch <laughs> <it>. <laughs> and uh, Jason Scott asked on the side, "How many times have we been beat, been beat on a deep pass for a touchdown this year?" And I don't know. The only real long pass that I can remember is um, that actually beat us for a touchdown was the little screen pass to Mike Goodson against the Raiders. And whoever broke their contain, he just ran past them. Uh, I don't. I can't recall right off the top of my head any other where a guy just beat us deep, just ran by our guys and uh, scored a touchdown on us. Um, I think most of the times that we've been scored on, from the top, from, from my memory, that it is, is, has been inside the red zone or fairly close. Um, I don't think we've had any 80-yard passes or anything like. Uh, you know, the Chris Johnson run from the other night where somebody just uh, blew us up for a huge play. So uh, aside from that uh, ridiculous Kaepernick run where he scored on us, I don't think we've really had too, given up too many big scoring plays. We've given up big plays, um, but we've been one of those damn but don't break defenses. Well, I think uh, I was reading today that yeah. um, uh, Coyle said we we're sixth in scoring defense. So it's not that we're giving up a lot of points. Um, we're just not scoring a lot of points. Right. So we're only giving up maybe 23 points a game or something like that, but we're only scoring like 19. So 
Um, and that's the problem. So, yeah, oh. sorry, Jason, I can't really give you a good answer on that. Uh, Jason also writes that for some reason, the only way you can hear the podcast is on the website. The link for the on the page is for last week. We we know Jason, and I, I wish I knew why that was. I've reloaded the system and put in the code again, and for some reason it will only come up with last week's uh, show. I don't know why. There, there's no reason for it to only be showing last week's, but it is. So I, I believe that it has to be something with Blog Talk Radio and not with the Finsider. But I, I don't know for sure. For some reason, only last week's is showing on the site. So if if uh, it's in the comments, and if you're listening to this, you probably already know how to listen to us live. But anytime in the future, if this happens again, uh, on the little widget in the live thread – Right under the Blog Talk Radio heading is my name. If you click on my name, it'll take you over to our show site on Blog Talk Radio, and from there you can click into the um, into the episode and get the episode. Um, as always, you can call in at three four seven three two six nine four six one. If you call in at three four seven three two six nine four six one, you can also listen to the show via your phone. Um, Normally, James will uh, answer your calls, screen it, and if you just want to listen, just tell him you're just there to listen, and that's fine. But uh, tonight he's not here, so if you do call in, we may be a little slow in answering, or we may just put you straight on the air, which could be dangerous, but hey, why not? Um, One thing that I just read... Just before the show, and I don't know why I didn't think about it again until just now as I was flipping through all the tabs I have open. Um, Omar Kelly was writing about or about Fasano, about Agnew, and his his possibility of playing this week. And he points out that tight end Kyle Miller, who he was claimed by off the Colts waiver wire a month ago is probably a better blocker and special teams contributor than Egnew right now. So it's possible Egnew could play, but with the guys we've lost, we've lost chunks out of the uh, special teams coverage. So it could be that Egnew doesn't get activated simply because he's not a special teams guy, which we'll all look at it as, oh, he sucks, he didn't get activated, so he can't even play tight end when Charles Clay is out. But really, it could just be that he hasn't been on the special teams coverage practice at all, so he serves no purpose, really. I mean, we have to have somebody that can cover in special teams. Yeah, but, you know, I understand that argument, and it makes good sense, but I'm not going to buy it. (laughs) We've got Fasano. He, He, you know, if he's not hurt, he's playing. You've got Mastrud as your blocking guy. And, heck, even on that one past Tannehill through, he was wide open in the back of the end zone. Almost, I'm glad yeah. Fasano caught the touchdown to, to to pad his stats a little bit, but I almost wish Mastrud would have caught it just just so he would have that on his resume. I think he would have been, he would have been fitting. Um, I, I always pull for underdogs like that, so I would have really liked to see that. But, you know, that might be the point. The uh, you know, he's a blocking guy. Sano's going to block. 
you know, Clay was not in there to block. Yeah. So, and I don't know. I, I maybe Clay played special teams. I guess he did. I don't know. But to say, well, the guy's not a good special teams guy. Uh, even though you know we need a receiving guy other than Fasano, and he's probably the best option on the team for that. But he's not a special teams guy. I'm not buying that at all. Uh, you can, I mean, we've got, we've picked up like a million cornerbacks this week. It seems like let those guys play on special teams. But, you know, throw somebody else out there. Throw Josh Cadu out there. I, I don't know. Just get the guy on the field. I mean, if he goes out there and he runs left and he's supposed to run right and then he'll throw the pick, you know. We, we we deal with it. But don't sit there and say, well, he's not good on special teams, so I can't see what the guy's got to offer. Um, you know, I mean, it's, maybe he's one of those guys that plays better in games than he does in practice. We see that all the time. I mean, Matt Moore was that way. Um, you know, so I just, I just don't see how that can be a viable reason, in my opinion, when you, when you have – I mean, I could see it with Clay being in there because he's your more receiving tight end. But now that he's gone – you don't have a guy to fill that role, and if that Kyle Miller guy can do it better than Ed News, that's one thing. But to say that, you know, they're not going to activate a guy simply because of because of the special team stuff, not doesn't doesn't. I'm not buying it. I'm trying to come up with a segue, and I don't have one. <laughs> uh, uh, you got me on that one. I'm, I'm kind of just stuck. So. I'll just go ahead and change the subject abruptly. Um, what I'm thinking right now is we're right about at an hour mark, probably in the show here shortly, just because we're having the technical difficulties we're having. Um, I'm having to hold my headset together right now because the cord has to be in exactly the right spot, otherwise my mic goes out. And, yeah, it's just a bad night apparently for the podcast. But um, one thing I did want to touch upon was the – South Florida Super Bowl bid committee added three honorary co-chairs this week with Dan Marino, Bob Greasy, and Jason Taylor, which is designed both to excite the fan base, excite the area, get some business sponsors behind the bid. And then the other thing is to use those three guys to go to the NFL owners and get them behind voting for Miami for Super Bowl 50. I think it, I think it's absolutely the right move. I think you had to get those three guys involved. Um I I could think of a couple other people that probably would be good in there, but those three guys are so high visibility that it makes a lot of sense to have them on the bid committee to try to get this Super Bowl down to Miami. I think the issue is going to be and I think this is what ends up happening come – it's May, I think, when the vote happens. I think that's right. Um, I think the NFL is probably going to vote Miami at, to host the Super Bowl. But it's going to come with the – but you have to have a roof over the seating area before then. And you have to get HD lighting into place. And you have to replace the scoreboard and you need to move the stands in closer to the field, and you need to do all that kind of stuff. So I think that's going to be, hey, Miami, can you step up and pay part of that bill? And it becomes controversial because 
fans don't want to see money going to an owner who then gets to keep all the proceeds that go into the stadium. And it it, it, it does become an issue. But I think that if you're holding a Super Bowl over the city and you say, hey, look, look at all the money that hosting the Super Bowl will bring to the city. That right there will pay for whatever you pay for our stadium. And I very much so think that's what's going to happen. I, I could very I, I could see them saying, hey, San Francisco deserves it because they have the brand new stadium. But for Super Bowl 50, I don't think you want to chance San Francisco weather. And granted, Florida weather has a chance too because we all saw when the uh, Colts and Bears were down in Miami, it became pretty ugly. But I think that Super Bowl 50, Super Bowl 50, you want to have in a place that has history of Super Bowls. You want to have it somewhere with tradition. You want to have it somewhere where it's warm weather. You want all those type of things. And Santa Clara, San Francisco isn't going to do that for you. I think Miami is. So I could see them doing that and then trying to hold the Super Bowl as the prize to get the funding in place to make the changes to Joe Robbie Stadium. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, there was no question there, and then I just stopped talking, assuming you were going to take over. <laughs> that was that was where that went. I'm telling you, this is just a bad show tonight. <laughs> I have never been to Joe Robbie. Uh, in fact, I have never been to Miami. Um, really? Yeah, I have never been to Miami. Hmm. Um, the closest I got was uh, I cruised by on a cruise ship once, uh, although yeah. several hundred miles off, and I never saw it. <laughs> um, that's what I got. Um, so uh, Port Canaveral is as close as I've ever been on land to Miami. But uh, that's, that's where you got, got on the cruise. cruise. That's where I got on the cruise. Yeah, I would. Um, and uh, although I, it was it was it was my honeymoon, the that was in 2010. The Sunday we left on the cruise that that weekend was when Miami played the Jets on Monday night. And I did my absolute best to avoid watching the game. I did not want to see it. I was recording it, and yep. the next day we stopped uh, on one of the little stops that we had, and a couple of uh, couple of uh, jet fans had to do their little chant on the boat, and so <laughs> I uh, I thought better of it and just bit my tongue and didn't say anything because one, it was honeymoon, and I didn't want to get get it ruined because I threw a couple guys in the water. Yeah, so, just throw them over. Um, nobody will care. It'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I, I mean, I don't know those people that were running the stuff. I don't think were Americans, so they wouldn't have they wouldn't have understood the reasoning. Of, they're just Jets fans. Yeah. So, um, and then the when we got back was a no. I'm sorry, that was a Sunday night game that we played the Jets. I believe the following week was when they played the Patriots on Monday night. Because I remember thinking, man, I wish I could stay one more day to watch them play the Patriots. And that's when our special teams just absolutely exploded and the Patriots right. put like four million on us uh, on block yeah. kicks or whatever. Yeah. So I'm glad I didn't see that. But I would definitely <laughs> go to visit the stadium just to say I've been. Um, and I would, I'm disappointed because they play the Panthers next year, but they play them in Miami. And so anytime they come here, I, I, I relish the chance to go and watch them. So, um, and I'm looking forward to the you know, seeing the brand new slate of receivers that we get this year, and 
but I, I think that they will. Uh, I think they will make the necessary do the things. I think that people will buy into it, and uh, and uh, they will they will make the changes necessary to the stadium. I think I think it's going to happen. I I understand the uh, the city and the county and even the states issues, especially with the Marlins' new stadium and everything. I, I understand it, and I, I can't I can't say people need to just suck it up and pay because it doesn't affect me since I don't live there. But I think that. I think that some some deal ends up getting worked out where the league pays for part of it, uh, Stephen Ross pays for part of it, and then a smaller chunk comes out of either the city, the county, or the state somehow. And then even if it's a loan or something like that and the city or the Dolphins have to pay back part of it or whatever because the Dolphins aren't going anywhere. The Dolphins are – I mean – the Dolphins make no sense anywhere but Miami. So trying to play the, oh, well, we could go to L.A. game, that's not going to happen. So as much as the Dolphins are a part, or as much as South Florida is a part of the Dolphins, the Dolphins are a part of South Florida. And together they have to work out a deal. And I don't think holding one side hostage over the other is going to work, but – I think that something needs to get worked out eventually. But, yeah, I'm really getting sick and tired of holding this cord in this one spot. So, uh, unless you have anything else, I'm just going to go ahead and end the show. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We can just put this bad uh, show behind us. I will say, um, for Finsiders listening or following on wherever you're following. Um, I know it's late, but 11.30 on Friday night, the Google Hangouts. Uh, I did it for the first time last week. It's pretty cool. You get to watch uh, Kevin on TV and <laughs> maybe some more of us, it depends, and uh, talk about Dolphins and Bills and whatever else. Good stuff. It's uh, while I enjoy the podcast and it's awesome fun, the Google Hangout adds the visual aspect, which makes it also cool. Uh, and secondly, I would like to wish a Merry Christmas to everyone, because the next time the podcast airs, we will have uh, eaten too much and gotten stuff we probably don't need. But um, Merry Christmas to everyone. Hope you have a safe and happy holidays, and uh, and hopefully we can uh, hopefully we can sit down on. Tuesday or whenever we celebrate Christmas or whatever holiday you're celebrating and enjoy it, eat extra food, sitting back knowing the knowledge that we crushed the bills the same way the Seattle Seahawks crushed the bills. So that's my Christmas wish. Well, there you go. We'll say that that's that's a great point. I hadn't thought about the fact that, yeah, the next podcast is on the 26th of December. So Merry Christmas to everybody. Um, we did skip, unfortunately, Hanukkah, which was December 8th to December 16th this year. So if you are Jewish, happy Hanukkah, a little bit late. Um, whatever religious or non-religious holidays you guys uh, celebrate, 
happy that, marry that, whatever it is. Yeah. Um it'll be a uh it, it'll be a good show next week, hopefully. Hopefully we don't have all these uh fun filled technical difficulties. Hopefully James will be back and I can yell at him for uh ditching us on the night of bad technical issues. So uh, yeah, that's uh that's about my thoughts. Um as we've talked about on the site, guys, remember the Dolphins are still technically playing for a playoff berth, even though it's going to be really, really difficult. So the thing to remember, if you can watch the Red Zone channel, it might be worth watching the Red Zone channel this week because the Steelers-Bengals game, the Jets, whoever they're playing, I can't think of who the Jets are playing right now. Chargers, there you go. Thank you. Yeah, In, And the Dolphins game is all at the same time. And... We need the Steelers to beat the Bengals. We really need the Jets to lose again just to get rid of a tiebreaker scenario. And then uh, the Dolphins have to win, obviously. So those are the three games to watch. One other thing to add to that, um, I I was thinking about a little bit today. I'm not sure who the Ravens play this week, but I believe the Ravens play the Bengals the last game of the year. They do. Now, so I think it's very possible that uh, the Jets, with McElroy starting, get beat. I think it's um, very possible that the Dolphins can win and very possible that the Bengals will lose also to the Ravens or to the Steelers. The best scenario, I think, would be for the Ravens to lose because that way that gives them something to play for in week week 17. If they win and everybody else, and they can, I think if they can win the division this week, they may want to rest people yeah. on uh, that Sunday, which would give the Bengals an advantage. Uh, granted, we still have to beat the Patriots and the Browns have to beat the Steelers, and so that's you know a long shot in and of itself. But I think that's I one think, that hurts. You know, it's it's possible that things could play out, and of course you know the Patriots are winning this week because they're playing the Jaguars. And they just got yep. beat at home by the 49ers. So that game's going to get ugly fast. The Ravens um, are playing the uh, are hosting the Giants, by the way. Okay. So it's possible that they could lose. Good stuff. So if they lose, the Patriots win, and everything falls their way. The Patriots may have locked up the third seed at that point. Because the, I don't know who the Texans are playing. But the Broncos are playing like the Chiefs or Browns or somebody, so they're going to win. So I think the Patriots can lock up the third seed. Now, not that they will rest anybody, but they may be less motivated to go out and lay it all on the line right? You know, on week 17. So, you know, and again, it's resting on the Browns, and that's just, you know, yeah. not very appetizing. <laughs> but if it's all very possible. Now, I'm not going to get my hopes up. I know how that, I know how that works. Right. This is the Dolphins, but I'm just saying, in the words of Lloyd Christmas, there is a chance. And the thing to remember is exactly that: there's a chance. And the fact that we are going into Week 16 and there's a chance for the Dolphins to make the playoffs should be considered a win for the Dolphins. I mean, that's yeah. success. It's a but, step forward. We're, we didn't start 0 and 7 and lose everything in 0 and 7. Yeah, and what I don't want to happen 
just I don't want to I don't want everything to fall our way and then after the game the Steelers game's going on and then they win by like a last second field or they win by a last second field goal or something. Uh, because it's gonna be one of those like yes, yes, no kind of yep. uh, so I mean it's possible we could be out this weekend, it's possible that we could get our hearts ripped out at the very last moment by whoever their kicker is or Brandon Whedon throwing a pick or some garbage, so I don't know. But it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, and it's one of those things, you know, they were talking about the Jets making the playoffs. And I was thinking to myself, if you're a Jets fan, do you really want your team in the playoffs? I mean, yeah, yeah you, can always, you can always tell yourself, well, anything can happen. But as bad as that team is, you don't want to make the playoffs. I mean, you just you don't want to go in and end up looking like the Dolphins did against the Jaguars, you know, 10 years ago or whenever. So, you know, and, and at the same time, you know, if the Dolphins make the playoffs, I think they would be competitive. But do I think they can have a real shot to, to win everything by making the playoffs? I can't say that I see that. So, yeah, if they do, I'm happy for them. I'll be excited. One more week of Dolphins football at the very least. But if they don't, you know, we we put ourselves in that position. So, I'll take it either way. Um, well. Glad you brought up the Friday Google Hangout. Um, it was a good time this past week. We and there went the mic again. Come on. There it is. Ha ha. I found where to hold the cord now. So uh, we had guys from over at uh, Big Cat Country came on. Adam uh, Stites from Big Cat Country was on the show, and it was a good time talking to him. And then guy, we had a actual group of people in the live thread and asking us all kinds of questions. Um, it's a good time. Come check it out, 11.30 Eastern on Friday night, Google Hangout. Uh, I know you and Keith and James were getting behind it, and so we might start finding new ways to interact and get that going better. Um, I, I like that show. The issue is we can't have any callers call into that. So we're, we're working on some things. James is looking into doing some things with it. So we may uh, see what we can do there. But it's a good time. So if you can come by Friday night, check it out. thing to remember this week is there are no Thursday night games this week. And there's no Monday night game. The Monday night football game is actually on Saturday night. So make sure you guys are tracking that, that there is a Saturday night football game this week, not Monday night football. And the idea there is the obvious, let's not have Monday night football on Christmas Eve. So they're moving Monday night football to Saturday night. So it'll be on ESPN Saturday night. So that's your friendly reminder of the NFL schedule this week. So... Thanks, guys, for listening as best you could, and I wish I knew why we had the technical difficulties we did tonight. Like I've said many times, I, I blame James because he's not here. And uh, Chris, thanks for calling in. You have a good night, and everybody else out there, you guys have good nights. Merry Christmas and good night. <laughs> Switch to Sprint Unlimited Basic, featuring TV from Hulu and 500 megabytes of mobile hotspot. Plus, for a limited time, get five lines for only $120 per month. 
Hurry to a Sprint store or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Offer ends 8-16-18 after 1-31-2020. Pay $32 per month per line for five lines without a pay. One who limited commercial plan for eligible Sprint account. MHS reduced to 3G speeds after 500 megabytes per month. Coverage and offer not available everywhere. Excludes taxes, fees, and roaming. Requires new lines. Subject to credit and three activation fee. Video streams up to 480p. Speed maximums. Use rules and restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Mark from Marinda Safeway. We offer great savings on groceries, but did you know we also offer savings at the pump? Earn 10 cents off per gallon when you spend $100 at Safeway stores. Enter your phone number or swipe your club card at the register and earn points. Redeem your rewards at participating Chevron, Texaco, and Safeway gas stations. Maximum gas reward at participating Chevron or Texaco stations is 20 cents per gallon and $1 per gallon at Safeway stations in a single fill-up, up to 25 gallons. Other restrictions and exclusions apply. See complete details at Safeway.com forward slash reward. This is Mark from Marinda Safeway, and we'll see you soon. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. <laughs>